This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This is Greg Olson, inviting you to check out my new Blue Wire podcast, TE1, where I interview tight ends throughout the history of the NFL who have helped revolutionize the position. TE1 is presented by the Chevy Silverado, The Silverado is all about grit. It's strong and dependable, exactly like playing tight end. Just like the incredible players we sit down with on the podcast, the Chevy Silverado is in a league of its own. Strong, advanced, and dependable. Download TE1 today, wherever you listen to podcasts. All right, and action. (laughs) Welcome to Talking Hockey, episode 32. We just got three of us here today. Um, me, Martin, and Eric, me being Ty, Luke's not here because he doesn't know prospects at all, and uh, the draft just happened. It just, did it finish yet? I don't know. It's been like four hours. No, it's still kind of going. I think they're in the sixth round now. We're just about to get into Bro, the sixth round. sorry. Uh, we're, we're actually at six and a half hours, because I think it started at, what, 12? Yeah, it's it started six thirty. <laughs> oh, wait. They just got through the sixth round. I thought it started at 11.30. Oh, did it? Well, even worse. Yeah, <laughs> we're nine hours into the draft. No, seven hours. I can't do math. No, they're not done. Still yet. going on. Still might be some surprises there in the seventh round. You know, some big names still out there. Like, I don't know. <laughs> Nobody knows. Real realistically, we're only covering guys that went in the first three rounds. Like after that, none of us know who the hell anyone well, is. Yeah, you know, not not if you're a fourth, it, but we if you're a fourth round that. draft pick or later, you still got a chance. We're not counting you out. We just don't know who you are. <laughs> <laughs> that is exactly right. It'd be, and, it'd be very hard to know all these guys unless you're no, like, like any any anybody that thinks they know like everyone that's in this draft, like you you max know like eighty players. Even the scouts, even the scouts that like handle these drafts, they're only looking at like maximum one hundred players, and that's probably like optimistic. That's that's probably very optimistic. Yeah, because like so, think about it, they have like a good scouting department has like scouts for every group, like area. Yeah, yeah, and exactly. Then, like they can probably call in backup if the if their main scouts like. Hey, like this guy's looking pretty good, or this team's looking pretty good. I'm gonna take some time to watch him. So, what does Ottawa do down in North Dakota? (laughs) (laughs) Apparently, Ottawa just only drafts guys from North Dakota. They uh, they got the one scout. They have the entire team. (laughs) Can you can you can anyone list off those guys? Because it is it's like flabbergasting the amount of guys that they have on that one team. I wouldn't know how to start. Like, Sanderson, and then and then his part, it, his his best buddy, it, his roommate. Wasn't Josh Norris also there? Josh Norris, yeah. They Josh like Norris was also there. Is it, what they, oh, isn't like, Bernard Docker somewhere there? Yeah, Bernard Docker. I think he was there too. 
Like they literally just drafted everyone on that team, and you know <laughs> that isn't gonna. Oh, and then their second round pick, uh, Tyler Clevins. He yeah. was there too. That's his buddy. They just <laughs> yeah. Sanderson's it's Sanderson's buddy, buddy, and Sanderson's buddy is Brady Kachuk. <laughs> <laughs> so they're just, they just they're too lazy. They're too cheap to scout anyone. So they're just like who they ask the players like who do you like who's who's a Brady good Kachuk who should we take this year? <laughs> <laughs> they, so, they literally um, that's why they, have they went to Brady and they're like who that's should why we they draft? Have Josh Norris. <laughs> Yeah, man. Like he's friends, it's, uh, he's with but Josh Norris was not. Josh Norris was also a good prospect. Tyler Clevins yes. is, is not a good cl- prospect, but he's just huge. Yeah, he's just a gigantic human being. I think he's let's. Uh, he's six foot five. I'm six three and a half. Shut up. No, you're not. I could have had a shot. I am. <laughs> Are you actually? <laughs> yep. Oh shit! I thought you were a little bit shorter than that. No. Guess. Hmm. Anyways, okay, so let's start off with the winners of the draft. And I'll say mine, and then you guys can shit on me or not shit on me or add your own winners, blah, 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 whatever you want to do. And mm-hmm. then we'll move on to the losers after that. How does that sound? All right. Okay. So first winner, Minnesota. I think we have a consensus here that Minnesota won this draft. Um, yeah, they're doing really well. They're like... Ignoring the fifth, sixth, and seventh rounds where I have no idea who anybody is. Um, they got Rossi in the first round at ninth overall when he which should is, have gone, which is insane. That's crazy. That's crazy. Uh, what their team needs, yeah. Yeah, that was exactly... Like, they needed that number one center prospect, and then they got it. And then they went and they drafted Ryan O'Rourke, who's also God. a very good center prospect. Or, no, sorry, he's a defense. No, a defensive prospect, sorry correcting myself and then they went and drafted oh and then they went and traded they went and traded for nick benino analytics favorite nick benino better than patrick kane better than patrick kane for some considered by some by uh by some people by some smart people in eric's opinion (laughs) and um and they got him on top of and on top of him they got two i want to say two third round picks they got this. They got a second as well. They got a. They 30, got a second. They got thirty-seven. Oh, thirty-seven yeah. or thirty-nine. I think it was like what, whatever. One of those two picks. Okay, one of those two picks, and one of those two picks was either Ryan O'Rourke or Marat uh, Kuz. I can't even say his name, dude. Kuznetsov. 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 However you say his name. You know what, buddy? I usually help you out, and I, yeah. I, I don't. I can't help you out on that one. Okay. Well. The, and he was also a really he was the really good center prospect that I meant to meant to talk about. And yeah, then they went. and they so they added those two picks. They added the better player in Nick Benino, and they got rid of a guy named Luke Coonan, who me and Ty Cunning. both said Cunnan, who me and Ty both said we don't like, not very good, just like a fourth classic fourth line player. But Martin apparently is in love with him and thinks he's the next coming of Jesus Christ. I don't understand it at all. But, I think as Martin uh, <laughs> Martin Martin's like a typical GM and he sees that he was drafted in the first round and that makes him good. No, no, no. He he saw he was drafted in the first round and then on top of that oh, he was like, gosh. "Oh, he's big? Oh, he's big. Yeah. He's a big boy." And then he he was pulling like a Brian Burke and just talking nonstop about his about the uh, half heftiness of his body uh, and truculence. Yeah, his truculence and his thick 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 booty. 
So he's not uh, big. <laughs> he's not. He's just like an average. Yeah, but that's also what I don't get. They didn't even pay for a guy that's like huge. He's just like uh. <laughs> he's not. Yeah. He's not good at like anything. And I don't know why, but Martin was like adamant that he, he's a really good player. <laughs> I mean, that's so a Martin, lot to for um Nashville to give up. So Martin, explain to us what you liked about Luke Coonan. I, I, because I, me and Ty don't get it. And my tribe I think that it either. To be honest with you, I think Martin is confusing Luke Cunning with Alex Tuck. Because <laughs> <Yeah>. I did. <laughs> also, They're kind of similar, quick, right? quick story on Alex Tuck. Uh, when he was drafted by Vegas, I was... No, he was drafted by he, Minnesota. No, no, no. When he was drafted in the expansion draft. Oh, by, uh, yeah, he was traded Vegas. to them. Yeah, yeah. Whatever. whatever. When he was taking the expansion draft, uh, me... And Martin and one of our ex-roommates, Walker, had a big argument over what Alex Tuck was. And I was adamant he was a top six forward. He'd be a really good top six winger. And Martin and our previous roommate, Walker, were very adamant that he was not a top six forward. So I'm glad I was right about that. But Martin's gone. Anyways, back to the story at hand. Martin, tell us what you look like, you like about... Uh, what do you like about him? Luke Cunin? Yeah. I, okay. I think he still has room to grow. <laughs> um, but do you think he has room to grow because he's a first he's a first round pick? Or do you think no, he has room to grow because you watch him and you're like, oh, there's some untapped offensive potential there? <laughs> yeah. Like kind of. Yeah. Like I don't I don't think he'll be uh, like a first, uh, I don't want to say first pairing, but he's a he's a forward, first line player, or he he's a might be a borderline second line player. No, oh he's my kind of lord, Nashville, <laughs> he's Relax, kind of what Nashville man. needed. No, he's Ish. not Freak what Nashville back. needed. Nashville needed he's, scoring. He's a top nine player. He's not a top nine player. For sure. That's extremely optimistic. If Evolving Wild is happy with the trade that Minnesota made, uh, you know, you, you got you to gotta side with them, right? Yeah, they're, they're, like ne- they're like never happy, too. Yeah. But also, they did get their favorite player, Nick Bonino. So, like, you know, but even he, a little like, bit of a bias. Kunin is just, he doesn't do anything well. Like, you watch him play, he skates around, he can throw some hits. He's a big he's not a big guy, but he plays big. But like yeah. all those classic Brian Burke tropes that we heard throughout the entire freaking draft. But other than that, it's just there's just nothing else going on with him. He doesn't he Listen. can't can't move the puck. He can't he isn't a good skater. He isn't good in transition. He doesn't even have a good shot. Like I don't I think I think we're talking enough about Luke Cunning here, yeah. and uh, I, I we should move a, move along. This is a this is the okay. 2020 draft episode, not the, yeah. not looking and back then, at 2018. Okay, yeah. So back to Minnesota, they're the first winner and probably the biggest winner. Also, they got this guy Pavel Novak, and I don't know much about him, but uh, Rachel Dory, friend of the show, who came on and. Uh, broke down a lot of the prospects with us in a previous episode. She really likes him. She's really high on him. And the other scouts at Elite Prospects are also very high on him. They think uh, him in the fifth round is a huge steal. So, again, I don't know anything about him. But 
they all the guys at Elite Prospects who I really respect and trust, I think that was also a very good pick for Minnesota. So there's that. Um, Carolina? Carolina's the second winner, yes. Ty, you want to go why? Um, they go on Twitter and they say, they look at the, the, the draft rankings uh, of Twitter and they say, all right, we're taking this guy. And then all of Twitter's <laughs> happy. Yeah. <laughs> That's, you know what? That's literally what happened. It's like all the guys that Twitter's like, why is he falling? Why is he falling? Carolina looks at it and they're like, okay, we're going to draft this guy. <laughs> and they did. And they did it like, for like every pick. Oh, man. You just knew. Like I, I, I was a Seth Jarvis fan. A lot of guys are Seth Jarvis fans. And he, he was like, you know, probably the, the, the Carolina is the only team that would have taken him ahead yeah. of the Leafs. And yeah, they did you, it. And everybody knew, knew they were going to do yeah, it. You knew they were going to do it. And then you knew at 41, they were going to take Gundler. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Like you knew, like you were looking at it like, no, like he could fall to the Leafs. Just a couple more picks, but you know, he isn't going to. <laughs> like, yes. And, uh, and, and, and so I, like the top, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, and I have no doubt that the Leafs probably would have drafted him if he did fall to that spot. Yeah, they and, would have. That he was their player. He was de- yeah. he's definitely a Leafs player. But the only other team who also drafts those types of players, like you know, yeah. small, shifty, tenacious guys, it's is Carolina's favorite team. Yes, and <laughs> what also hurts is that they took Seth Jarvis with the Leafs pick. <laughs> yeah, that's probably the worst, <laughs> worst part of it. Just you just knew that. that. You just knew it. The only way they weren't gonna take Seth Jarvis there because the top twelve was more or less set like there were no surprises there the only surprise was that maybe jack quinn was a little high and marco marco rossi fell right but Mm -hmm. the only the only way that carolina wasn't taking seth jarvis is if uh askarov was available there i think they would have taken him but regardless so then, Um, then he was taken by nashville and seth jarvis was their guy because lundell was going next yeah so also, so next winner that I consider, and I think Calgary is actually a big winner out of this draft. They started out with not much, and they kind of just made they kind of made the best of their situation. So they traded down twice, and I have all the information here right now, so I can, you know, get check myself. I enjoyed that. Calgary, that. yeah, yeah. So Calgary played, Calgary played this round like a fucking boss. Okay, so they start out. They have a first-round pick. They have um, 19th overall. And 19th overall, if they drafted Connor Zary right there, nobody would have been surprised. Everyone would have been like, yeah, that's a solid pick. Like Everyone would have been fine with it, blah, blah, blah. They're like, oh, no, we're going to trade down. So they trade down to 22. And then New York goes up to 19 and drafts Braden Schneider, which I take as an L. I don't think they need to move up that high to grab him. I don't think he was worth grabbing that high. I think he was a late first-round pick. But anyways, they grab him at 19. So then, and then with the um, 22nd pick that they got from New York, and they traded down again to Washington for another third for a third round pick. So they got a first round pick, a second round pick, and a third round pick just to move down five spots in the draft. So they got a second round pick and a third round pick. Sorry. Just to move five spots down in the draft, they got the seventy-second pick and the eightieth pick for that for moving down. Have you seen and the movie uh, Draft Day? 
exactly yeah, what he yeah, does. That's a, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Just fucking bosses. Like, I was actually so impressed because usually trolling, like, you can rely on him to screw it all up. Like, like he's one of my least favorite GMs, and I'll be completely honest about that. But And now we'll be back after a word from our sponsors. You've counted on restaurants. Now they're counting on you. And while their dining rooms may be closed, they're still open for delivery with DoorDash. DoorDash is the app that brings you the food you're craving right to your door. Ordering is easy. Open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be left safely outside your door with the new contactless delivery drop-off setting. Choose from your favorite national restaurants like Chipotle, Wendy's, and the Cheesecake Factory. Many of your favorite local restaurants are still open for delivery too. Just open the DoorDash app, select your favorite local spot, and your food is on its way. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter the code Blue Wire. That's $5 off and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code BLUEWIRE. Don't forget, that's code BLUEWIRE for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. And now, we'll get back into the show. And I, But I have to give him respect for, for, that, for that draft. And then with those two picks, they grabbed Jeremy Poirier with the third round pick at 72 overall, who I really like. He's actually one of the few like third round fourth round picks that i've actually seen uh he's sick offensively but um, he's a defenseman who doesn't know how to play defense yeah so he's probably <laughs> in the you know the tory krug kind of realm of player but that in the third round isn't a bad thing at all yeah he's got a decent ceiling and the thing is you know, talk to scouts. The one thing you can teach players is defense. You can teach a player how to have proper gap control if they have the if they have the skating ability. You know what I mean? So there's def- there's those defensive deficiencies. If he's willing to learn, and I'm sure Calgary in their interviews kind of talked to him about it. Who knows what's going to happen? But if he's willing to learn, that's something that he can improve at least enough to be in the NHL and be capable. So I like that pick. I I can still see why he fell so far though. That's that's all I can, I'm gonna I, say. Yeah, I can see why he fell far because he has those defensive deficiencies, but he still he has a long way to go. He has a long way to go. He's he's four years out from the NHL, yeah. at, like at minimum. But like he could have easily gone in the second round. I think like easily could have gone first half of the second round, and everyone would have looked at that and gone, okay, that's a high upside type of pick. But they they got him there, and then they got this other guy Kuznetsov who. I don't know too much about, but again, a lot of the scouts that I follow that um, they rate him very highly, and some of the NHL E models that predict uh, success of NHL prospects based on their age, league, and point totals, they also really like him and think he's very likely to be an NHL player. So they got insane value out of draft, dropping five spots in the draft. My favorite yes. pick of the first round. I know we're talking they about still got the guy they but- wanted. And still got the guy pick. that they probably wanted that they could have easily drafted 19. Like, that was genius, genius. It's it's like when the Leafs kept trading down. I think it was 2018, and they ended up with Rasmus Sandin. At, you know, yeah. They, tra- they started at, like, 18. They traded down and traded down and traded down. and Completely Ended agree. up with, yeah, and with Sandin their guy. could have easily gone top 10. Like if in a redraft, did, I don't think I don't think it, looking back at it, they would have. At the, looking back, he wouldn't have. But as in a redraft right now, I don't think there's any doubt he'd go top ten. So that was insane value. They did a great job there, and 
Calgary did very much the same thing. So I was really yeah. impressed. So my favorite, my absolute favorite pick of the first round was the New Jersey Devils taking uh, was it Shakir Mukmadulin? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, you got you got the pronunciation right, which I really oh respect, thank actually. you, <laughs> thank you, man. That because that is because I, I was gonna pick. ask you because I was looking at that going oh god I'm gonna I can't I is that was I right I, I honestly I'm pretty I, sure I, I you were very right like I've heard it okay it, it's New a Jersey had a good draft. Like Dude, I have a was... difficult last name to pronounce, and then his is a whole another. Mukhmadulin. Yeah, Mukhmadulin. I can't. Did you have them as a winner? New Jersey. No, that that was no. just a that was just a crazy pick because everyone's like, "Who the f is this?" But then I looked at this guy. I'm like, I, I like just from first glance, I'm like, you just watch this guy's gonna make it. This guy's gonna be. He's he's not a bad pick <laughs> by any means. He's an overager. He's an overager. He can rip the puck. He's just t- like, <laughs> it's just funny. Everyone's like, who the hell is this guy? <laughs> yeah. It, I, and there's been a lot of like shit on Twitter and even Instagram. Like, I literally have screenshots of some of the most fucked up shit when it comes to like them drafting him. Like, people are calling him like a dog and like, like it's so fucked up. But, it's a weird pit, like ignoring all of that, ignoring all the outside shit. Um, it's a weird, it's a weird pick, but it's not like an. I don't think it's an awful pick, right? Mm-hmm. I know you're still going over winners and losers, but I want to say a nice moment of that first round was uh, the San Jose pick, where they did it in sign language for Ozzy Weisblatt, because uh, I don't know if anyone knows that story, but his uh, mom is like deaf. Yeah, He's deaf. So yeah, I did see that. Um, that was really nice. It was a very nice story and a nice touch, and I just wanted to uh, so, give my opinion. So just for context on Shakir, he was rated basically anywhere from twenty, basically anywhere from twenty-two to seventy, depending on who you look at. So like Bob McKenzie had him going in the forty. So again, it's a reach of a pick, but it's not like an awful like what the hell are you doing? draft pick so i think it's an it's it's not like brutal by any means so i want to i want to say the next winner i think i just finished we said carolina was a winner and they yes. they seem to always always so, be a winner so at the draft recap right now carolina calgary and minnesota so far are the winners and then toronto did yeah. you say toronto's a winner yeah, i did say toronto and toronto's a winner not because they got like an insane draft haul like la or minnesota or anything like that they're a winner in terms of the value that they started at the draft compared to where they ended it at their first round pick fine whatever like that's where amarov was going to go 15 to 20 looked in most mock drafts that kind of looked where in his range was going to be but they were somehow able to convince ottawa that moving up to where was it it's like 46 i think 44 was worth uh was worth 59 pick 59 and pick it's like 63 i think 64 oh damn and then in those two picks they got two players that were rated higher in basically every single (laughs) and prospect like report prospect scouting service there is (laughs) essentially so um her here hiervonen he was a center prospect. Again, he's one of the. He's a smaller guy, 
Um, I do not know too much about him, but he's five nine. So obviously, a lot of people on Twitter didn't like it because they it's dropped funny, the wrong man. guy. I and love. Honestly, Dubis. I think Dubis is just trolling people at this point because just because he's just like screw you, I don't care. <laughs> Kindly fuck off. I'm gonna yeah. draft these guys. <laughs> but he, but literally every all the scouts that I respect that I follow very closely, all of them really liked Turbonin and had him going early first round. So I like that pick. late first round. Sorry. Late first round, early second yeah, round. Yeah, you said, late, yeah, late first round, early first round. So they said that he had the talent, and they ha- they liked like I'm trying to pull up his scouting report here. The the one that I liked, um, right now. Where is it? Dubas clearly has a type. Where I know while you're just pulling it up, but Dubas clearly has a type, and it's smaller guys, skilled guys who are tenacious on the puck, right? Yeah, so that's Not exactly that's literally exactly what Hervonen is like. You said like the uh, the elite prospects kind of summary of him: good work rate, really great at puck retrievals, very good anticipation. So a smart player. They love drafting those like smaller smart players. Um, yeah. guys you like don't need Robert, to... Robertson, guys like uh, Simon Der, Argachinsev, Argachinsev. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so just a really smart player can move the puck fast, tenacious, good with his body can, you know, go get after the puck. So like he loves drafting those guys and they, they, and a lot of people like, I will show you right here. Um, he was ranked number 10 in NHL central scouting for EU skaters, 22 by future considerations, 35 by elite prospects. And they got him at the end of the second round. Like that's very good value there. Yeah, and like, like of course, not all these guys are gonna pan out, right? But no, most of them. It aren't. just shows, yeah. But it yeah. just shows that, like, uh, the, the way I look at it is like, if you're the Leafs, like a guy like Zach Hyman, he isn't an enforcer by any means. He isn't mm-hmm. a, you know, he. But he is like you want you want players like that who will go into the corners and the dirty areas of the ice and get the puck for you, right? And exactly. That you want you want players like that. That's basically what they're trying to draft. Those sorts of guys who are great on the forecheck and will get you the puck. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. Like the Leafs don't need Ryan Reeves; they need more Zach Hyman's. That's yeah, exactly. What, that's what's separating the Leafs from good contention. And they got two of those guys because um, their first round pick Emerov, He's kind of similar to that. Like he 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 isn't a big yeah. guy, but he's tenacious. He yeah, he's. He's, aggressive. he's a physical, he's a aggressive player. Yeah, he's yeah. a big forechecker. And that's and the thing is, I think what the Leafs liked about Amarov was that he has both aspects of his game. Obviously, he's in the cage. He played a little bit in the KHL this year, didn't put up many points. But what I think they liked about him was he played two different types of games. When he went down to the, uh, I believe it was the MHL, where he's playing with players his own age, he dominated over point per game there did really well, showed the skill side of his game, but then when he went to the KHL, he did what he needed to succeed and stick but, there. And he but, played but that Eric, like, kind of rule. But Eric, how is he the best player available when he only had two points in 28 games in the <laughs> KHL as an 18-year-old? Oh, yeah. yeah he <laughs> actually must be trash because he only had two points in 21 the games. The stats say he only had two points. Yeah, he only had two points. <laughs> is that what Koliakova was saying? Yeah. The guy was only playing like like Nine minutes a night. I know. And as an eighteen-year-old, eighteen-year-old, as an eighteen-year-old, yeah. And then, it, and then it, all he had to do was take an extra 
20 seconds of research to go look at his VHL and MHL stats. <laughs> like all, yeah. <laughs> okay, literally. That's some poor takes. It's so many poor takes. Like, okay, I pulled up his a his uh, stats right here, and it took me like 20 seconds, not even. As we were talking right there, I pulled them up. It was so easy. Like, it's just, it's so, he, he's so ridiculous. Like, he, in the MHL, he had 22 points in 17 games. Okay. So that, nobody, I guarantee nobody listening knows what the conversion is between MHL and KHL and NHL. So I know that number is kind of meaningless, but all he had to do was just go look it up and see, okay, no, he has, does put up points. He's just not putting up points in the third best league in the world, arguably second, depending on, People's opinions. He also has five points in ten games this year. Yeah, and then and then getting to that five points in ten games in the KHL is very good for at nineteen. Still, a, yeah, nineteen year old now. So, anyways, moving on. Not to cover the Leafs too much. Um, the next winner, I think, is uh, the LA Kings. First off, they get uh, Byfield at second, and obviously, you know, they're guar- they're basically guaranteed him. Right away, so I it's hard to say that's a huge win for them in the sense that they were expected to get him anyways. But then they went along in the draft and they got who was it? They got a uh, Grands, Grands, Grands at uh thirty five, and he was predicted to go in the first round by a lot of people. So that was also really a good value on them. And then again, I don't know. I don't know these guys, but again, just like I said for the previous people, <clears throat> I don't, I listen to the scouts that uh, I follow very closely, and Brock Faber uh, went 45, second round, a really good defensive prospect. A lot of the scouts I follow really liked him. And then in the fifth round, they grabbed this guy, Martin Kromiak. Kromiak? I don't, again, name pronunciations are going to be rough. But again, scouts really liked him and thought he should have won. A lot of scouts thought that he should have won in the third round or late second round. So they thought, again, great value with that pick. So LA did a really great job. And they got Alex Leferrier. <laughs> so, uh, they so just he, missed out on Lafreniere, yeah, but they, they got. Exactly. So you have to give them a win for trying, you know? They're like, okay, he's close enough. We're going to try and see how that goes. And he's a nice right-handed winger for you there. So uh, that's also a win in my book, I think. So I think you got to give them a win for that. Uh, so that's my; those are my winners. Do you guys have anyone else that you think kind of did a good job, had good value in the draft before we get to losers? Uh, no, but um, everyone criticizing the Leafs for not taking a defenseman at 15, you're silly. Yeah, okay. Well, let's address that quickly and take 20 seconds, 30 seconds to address that. Why do you think they're silly? Because, like, the guys that you want there, like, I guess Braden Schneider and Caden Gooley, right? Gooley went with the next pick. But those are guys who are still two or three years away minimum, right? Yeah, three years away minimum, I'd say, for any defenseman taken at this point. Yeah, your your options there were were basically Gooley, Schneider, I don't really know anyone else. No, I think that, that was I think that was basically that was and, the only uh, yeah. defenseman that could go and in that spot. Firstly, Gooley is a left-handed defenseman, and the Leafs already have those because so basically the only right-handed defenseman there was Braden Schneider, right? Mm-hmm. And he's a guy who is going to be an NHLer. He's fairly safe to be an NHLer, but he's going to max out as like you know a 
a bottom pairing penalty killing defenseman. Yeah, he his could upside is very be, limited. Yeah, I think he could potentially be. So there are some scouts that I like, and they talk about how he does have top four upside. But even then, when they're talking about top four upside, they're not meaning like scoring defense yeah, or puck moving defenseman. Yeah, very good puck moving defenseman. They're talking about you know a, a number four defenseman that can you know you can put out there and play some you know tougher minutes, but he isn't gonna move the puck he isn't gonna like he'll be able to make the simple plays and stuff but he isn't gonna wow you with with any plays or anything like that so yeah it's a lower upside pick and i'm not saying there's anything wrong with going about that way but the leafs need defense right now they do not need defense three years away they drafted liljegren liljegren in 2017 sanding 2018 yeah sanding 2018 both of them aren't in the nhl yet Okay, Sandin played a couple games, blah, blah, blah. But Sandin's not an impact player yet. So Sandin took two years, and Sandin's definitely a better prospect than Braden Schneider is. Liljegren is probably a better prospect than Braden Schneider is too. And Liljegren hasn't been in the NHL at all, right? He played like two games, and he got filled in, yeah. Exactly. So three years and two years into those guys, and they aren't impact players yet. And they're very good defensive prospects. But literally, it just takes a little bit of common sense to think, okay, who... Which one are any of these players that the Leafs were going to draft going to have an impact in the next two years? No. Were they going to have impact in the next three years? If you're the most optimistic person for a defensive prospect, maybe he has an impact in three years. But the reality is he's probably not going to have much of an impact in three years either. So it's just like they need defense now. They don't need a defense prospect that's three years away. So people wanted the Leafs just to take take a defenseman because there was a big guy defenseman there. Yeah, who they could have exactly. taken, who's so it, it's ridiculous. It doesn't Miros make any sense. Also, was probably the best available. Like honestly, who? he was very good. The guy they took, who? Amarov. Yeah, yeah. Amarov. he was. Like, he, he was. was one he's, of the... he's very good. I wanted them to take him at that spot or trade down or maybe Mercer. I liked Mercer as well, but other than those two, I. Wanted them to trade down ideally, but they got Amrov. I guess they didn't have a trade that they felt comfortable with because they took all, they took their entire time limit basically. I guess they were trying to get a move done by that time, but they ran out of time. Uh, but anyway, so moving on to losers now. Do you guys have any even losers before I go through my list? Buffalo, Buffalo, yeah, okay. So, why do you think Buffalo? <laughs> you, you, you have two guys available from the Ottawa 67s, right. Who are both going to go in the first round? Who are both, you know, pretty good players, and you take the worst player from that team, yeah. right? Yeah. I yeah, guess that's the summary of it. That was not a good move. <laughs> like Jack Quinn is a, he's I I do like Jack Quinn, great shot, one of the best shooters in the draft. But when you got Marco Rossi there, whew. <laughs> Yeah, like I, I, I was actually blown. I was actually blown away because when they're announcing it too, they're like from the Ottawa 67s, and I'm like, oh, they're. Ta-. I was literally with my brother, and I'm like, oh, they're taking Marco Rossi. That's perfect. And then they're like Jack Quinn, and he's like, you're an idiot. And I was like, I can't believe they just did that. And I was like, I can't. Jack Quinn should not have been in the top ten to begin with, but at set, at eight in front of Marco Rossi is atrocious. Yeah, just atrocious. Like trade. Trade down at that point. You don't. There, yeah, there isn't it's... any team at like twelve or thirteen that would have liked to jump up and take Marco Rossi. You couldn't Especially convince like they've only had three picks so far this draft. 
a one and a two yeah, and a five. That that's even, awful. Yeah, for that's them. even worse. So a rebuilding team that doesn't even have draft picks. picks. They took so <laughs> many L's. And then on top of that, recent news that I just heard that I sent in the group chat before we started recording, they didn't give a qualifying offer to Dominic Cahoon, who yeah, they the traded. Fuck? Evan Rodriguez and um, Connor Sheary. Connor Sheary, thank you, for in the literally like eight months ago. Yeah, not eight months ago. Yeah, eight months. And they ago got now. the better player. His yeah. qualifying so offer was like eight hundred k. Yeah, his qualifying offer was a million dollars essentially, and they let him go to free agency. So, as, as I said on our story, anyone that's listening to this probably would have seen it. I literally said, if I'm Jack Eichel, I go, in, I walk into the owner's office or call him, I guess, because it's Corona. <laughs> you literally say you fire everyone in management and you just rebuild again the entire. You again. have to, you have to, because there's no way you can make these two moves in consecutive days. Literally in two days, they skipped on Marco Rossi and then didn't sign Cahoon. Jack Quinn. If you're, also, hoping, if you're hoping on the low end, he becomes Dominic Cahoon. <laughs> that that's my an equivalent player. Jack Quinn on the low end, if he if he like if he if he develops where the low end of where he should be, he becomes Dominic Cahoon, who they just used an eighth overall pick for instead of drafting Marco Rossi, whose upside was a one C and probably settles for a two C. But instead, they let go of Dominic. Especially behind Eichel, like fuck, it solves it, it solves all their center problems. Like, yeah. and, uh, and I get Buffalo. Like, I I know Buffalo. Buffalo fans might be thinking now, but we have Dylan Cousins. He's a great center prospect. First off, Dylan Cousins is not Marco Rossi. I want to start off just by that. I love Dylan Cousins. Dylan Cousins is an awesome prospect, but he isn't Marco Rossi. Second of all. There's this thing called you can never have too many centers in the NHL. There's no team in the league that's like suffering from too many centers. Centers, because they are so talented and because they are better than most wingers, can play on the wing. There is no like when you watch Team Canada. Yeah, when you watch Team Canada and and Patrice Bergeron's playing on the left or the yeah the left wing and Marchand's playing on the right wing, uh, and Crosby centering them. You can play on the wing. There's no reason why Mark Rossi can neither take over his own line or if Dylan Cousins working out since he's a year older and he has more experience, blah, 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 blah. You stick Dylan Cousins on 2C and you put Marco Rossi with Jack Eichel or you have a little bit of a younger line and give Cousins, give Cousins uh, Marco Rossi. The other Rossi thing with like, Rossi is he's played with men, against men already at like 17. Before going to the OHL, he played in the Swiss... In the he's going back Swiss to league Europe. below the top Swiss league, yeah, and he's going back to Europe now too. Yeah. So he is a he was a, he has a cleaner development path as well because we don't know what the hell is happening with the OHL right now. I don't know if no. you guys saw the news today, and this could be a whole another episode in itself. But basically, the Canadian Sports Federation something blah blah blah. I don't know what the hell they're called. I just made up that name. <laughs> um, they basically said that they don't want the OHL to restart until unless they ban like hitting and fighting from the, the OHL basically essentially the QMJHL started back up and one of the teams uh, the Blainville Brabriand Armada they had 18 coronavirus cases on the team from okay. the players and then on top of that can it, we're a disaster 
But uh, actually, yeah. you know what? I'm gonna go, I'm gonna read I'm gonna read the exact thing because I don't want to misquote what what they were saying. Right here. Okay, so um, Ontario's um Martin, minister- I want sorry. Yeah, yeah. Go. Sorry, sorry, Martin. Um, the senators did not qualify Anthony Duclair. No. Seriously? Shut up. <laughs> Shut, Shut up. up. That did not happen. That You're did not happen. Right. You're dumb. I'm no, not dumb. Not There's no fucking. They oh did not. Oh they did God. not do that. They did. They did. <laughs> no. What's Martin. Fuck, man? Martin. What's Who wrong? The what? Like, what a stupid thing. Duclair was about. To... Duclair just killed it with them last season. Uh... <laughs> All they had to do was pay him like three million dollars. That's a dumb. What the fuck, man? That's such a bad. That is awful, <laughs> dude. That is so bad. They couldn't come to an agreement, so they let him. So they didn't qualify. What do you him mean? And what do you mean they couldn't come to an agreement? Just qualify him and trade At least him. Qualify him? Yeah, Jesus. Just trade him out. <laughs> like what? <laughs> What's with the sorry. lack of qualifying this year? Sorry, sorry. I just wanted to. I didn't mean to interrupt your story for no, the. No, this is more important than whenever you're. <laughs> I just had to break Martin's heart. <laughs> no, I. Okay, wait. I don't see this anywhere. Where did you see this? Elliot my buddy, Friedman. My buddy Nate texted text me about it. So. Oh my god. <laughs> okay, it's I see real. it here. It's real. <laughs> Martin's new phone is broken in half. Dorian says. Dorian says Duclair opted to represent. Dor- Dorian says Duclair opted to represent himself, and they offered him a substantial raise. He will go to unrestricted free agency. Seems like he's betting on himself. That's a disaster for the Senators. I love how they're trying to throw shade on him. Yeah, we offered him a raise, (laughs) (laughs) a substantial raise. What kind of raise did they offer him? Because he was only making, what was he making? He was making one point six million (laughs) dollars. He was making one dollars an hour, fourteen dollars an hour plus tips. They probably gave him like two point five, or like that's a substantial raise. The guy just would. (sighs) Okay. (laughs) This is my. I just put up twenty three goals in sixty eight games, forty points in sixty six games, fifty point pace, on pace for like twenty seven goals. Was your all star? Was your all star? <laughs> Who's on the Senators next season? <laughs> <laughs> Who's they can't the they can't the afford thing. to pay him. <laughs> That's the thing. Like they can't afford it. Like what? But they don't have it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> They're gonna they're gonna play Nickel Nick Paul and Matthew Pika and Chris Tierney. I I don't understand. That's wild what, too. Like that's just that's the error in left field. No, that that's like. like that's in management. Uh, but I I but can we blame Dorian or do we have to blame Melnick? I don't know. Because I think we gotta blame both there. There's gotta you've gotta that, find yeah. a way to trade. Duclair before you let him go to free agency. You gotta convince you gotta convince Melnick, like, hey, we gotta yeah. at least qualify this guy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because you could have probably traded him for something. You there isn't a team out there that would give a couple picks for a twenty five goal scorer. Yeah, you gotta figure it out earlier too, like the you day gotta before. Figure, like that's ridiculous. Uh, that is so re- okay. Uh, we well, gotta move on because we gotta keep covering the draft, and we'll and after free agency, we'll shit on the senators some more. I'm sure. Um, 
I'm actually um, well, I, okay. I don't even so, remember what I was going to say. I think we're talking point. about Buffalo, but I want to go back to Buffalo because we said they were a loser for that Jack Quinn pick, and I think it goes uh, the past couple years they've they've made some mistakes. Like 2016, Alex Nylander didn't pan out, top ten pick didn't pan out. Uh, yep. 2017, Casey Casey Middlestat eighth, eighth overall. So again, same spot, eighth overall. <laughs> they screwed and, up and took, the and it's guy. not. It's not to say that they picked the wrong because I think Middlestat no, was a I fairly think did, well I think thought. They did take the wrong pick with Middlestat because if you look at like elite prospects and stuff where they had him ranked, they didn't have him that high. Yeah, that was but kind anyway, of a reach. I I remember. It was a reach. For he, like, he was he was seen he was as like a, a late. He was a not a late first, but he was like bottom of the. Like 10. So he was probably like 15, 16, 17, somewhere like that. And they took him at 8. And I remember that was the same thing with Alexander Nylander too. Because I remember I remember very clearly going, what the hell did they draft him at 8? Like, they, and that then, seemed like it was his name. And then all Buffalo fans were saying that Alex Nylander is better than Willie Nylander. Yeah, and, uh... and he was never even close. Like, I think he had like a 30 five point season or something like that in the OHL but they that did, year. You know, I think I think Buffalo did did well with Nylander to flip him for Yoki Haru. Yeah, yeah. They did they care, ended up making it. but the thing is they've been very bad at drafting. And because they've been really bad at drafting, they don't have a good prospect pool. They don't even have many picks this year. It's just such a disaster of an organization. And yeah. And, and they, now they imagine- because he looks good, they probably can't ruin him, we hope. Well, yeah, you're, it's a lot banking on Dylan Cousins because he's their top prospect, and not, like the the ones for the previous first rounds didn't just didn't work out. Yep. Like you have Eichel from 2015, Sam Reinhart's, you know, is okay. Like I don't really know Sam. Re- I don't know where to project him. I think, I think he's like a weird think, player to predict. Sam Reinhart's capable of being a top line winger. I yeah. think it's just a lot of Buffalo being Buffalo, kind of. It's kind of similar yeah. to O'Reilly. And not, not not saying he's O'Reilly, obviously. Don't get me wrong, but it, it seems kind of like a. Well, how situation. much of a different team would they be if one of those pick one of those guys like Middlestat or Nylander worked how out? Much, what different of a team would they be if both those picks turned out? If Which they, they should dropped, have. If they somehow ended up with like I, I I honestly can't remember like those drafts and who went like right before or right after them. But the reason, okay, so if you look at like a team like Vancouver or the Leafs. The reason why they're competitive now is because they hit on those picks, right? The Leafs hit yep. in 2014 with Nylander. They hit in 2015 with uh, Mitch Marner. Marner. They hit in 2016. Obviously, you weren't going to screw up Austin Matthews first overall. Then And then 2017, obviously, they it looks like they hit in Tom uh, Timothy Lilligren. And it looks like they hit with uh, Sandy in, in 2018. And then even in, uh, was 2013, 2013 was For, t- 2013 was Freddie the Goat. Yeah, okay. So 2013, not great. But then they got Morgan Riley in 2012. So they hit on a lot of their first round picks, and that's why they're good. And you need to be good. You need to hit on those guys if you're going to become good. Like, same with Vancouver. They kind of screwed up with Vertanen, but they still got an NHL player there. Still, still, he's a guy. But then they (laughs) they hit on Quinn Hughes. They hit on Elias Pettersson. They hit on Bo, Bo Horvat. And that's the reason that team is where they're at, right? Oh, and they hit on Brock Bester at 20. 22 or something like that something ridiculous mm-hmm. um so that's you you need to and buffalo's proven like 
I thought they fired their old scouting department, didn't they? They did. They did. Okay. They did. So they did the, the, but they didn't way. hire the, much. The best part is that their old scouting department loved Marco Rossi. Like that. That was the rumors that came <laughs> yeah, that, out. Yeah, old scouting department loved Marco Rossi. Yeah, yeah. yeah so that's even I worse. That, that. They, they all, they're already really bad scouting department got worse. Yes, <laughs> that's amazing. Oh, that's it amazing. did. A stunning like, their hockey operations is much worse, I think now. Well, I think they don't even have many guys there anymore. Yes, hundred percent. Like they don't they have do a not. they don't have a scouting team anymore. I'm pretty sure they fired. They're, they're rivaling seen, Ottawa. Yeah, like I haven't seen them replace amount of people. <laughs> yeah, I haven't seen them replace like half the guys that they fired. Like they're running a lean organization right there. Like yeah, like even Cole Perfetti might have been better there. Oh, if they took Cole Perfetti, I don't think anyone's complaining. No. Because there are rumors Detroit was taking him at four and nobody was losing their mind over that. No. They, like yeah. honestly, they could have made they could have made they could have picked Marco Rossi, Cole Perfetti, could have picked Askarov, could have even picked Lundell, and I think they would have had a better reception than picking Jack Quinn. Well, wasn't Jack Quinn like late eighteens? Like yeah, he teams. was like fifteen to eighteen, and that looked like that was on the high end for like I'm not. And the thing is, it sounds like we're shitting on Jack Quinn, and I don't want to do that. It's just that it's just such it's just such a bad value pick compared to trading down five spots, letting like how much do you want to bet that Carolina or Florida would have loved to draft draft Marco Rossi at eighth overall. I think any yes. team that was behind Buffalo should have called yeah. them up and. A hundred percent. So, yeah, just obviously ridiculous. Okay, so then moving on, I think the next kind of out there crazy, like, what the hell just happened pick was Columbus, and I think we can all agree with that. Yeah, they got an overreach guy, I think. I, 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 to be honest with you, I stopped watching after pick 16-ish, after the Habs pick, but I saw the outrage from that one. Okay, so... I'll give He's you overage. The, like he was, he was skipped I'll over last year. Yeah, he was skipped over last year. Another Russian dude. Future, future considerations had him two hundred and fourteenth. They had him ranked two hundred and fourteenth. Craig Budden had him ranked fifty ninth. McKean's had him ranked one hundred and seventy third. And elite prospects didn't even have him ranked. <laughs> the only okay. thing he's got going for him. Is he started out this well, this year well in the KHL? Yeah, yeah seven points in twelve games, right? Five goals. Yeah. So he's yeah. doing well. He's doing well. There's no doubting that. And I don't think anybody would have had a problem if they picked this guy in the second round, maybe even the third round. Yeah, and I know Columbus didn't have are. those picks. Yeah, and I know Columbus didn't have their second and third round picks, and they're like, we like this guy. But there's this thing called trading, and yeah. um. You could have got Columbus said this there. guy was Columbus yeah. said this guy was Literally. on their top ten of their board. Yeah. They said he was on the top ten, and I think that's a situation where if you let's say we give them benefit of the doubt and they believe and he's a top ten play ten. Hey man, in this dude. Draft. Go ahead, sorry. Yeah. You finish. No, you finish. I, I'm just saying that, like, let's pretend that he is. You know that no other team. You but know do that you know no that? other team is drafted. There is no way that everyone was blown away by that. Yeah. No I, chance everybody's blown happen. away by it. But do, I think do, before you make the pick, do you know 
that no one else is high on this guy. I think you have to do that research and maybe maybe but how do you do that research if someone's yeah, like keeping their line in closely. the benefit of the doubt and say maybe he called every single team and was like and asking about who they're gonna pick and talk yeah. to them and say, and then like briefly mention this guy's name and in the third round or something like that, saying like what are you thinking about this guy? I think you have to make that a part of your job knowing. But I have a very hard time believing that any team had him in the first round. There is no reason why you don't trade pick 21, especially when literally Washington and uh, who was the other team? Uh, who else traded with Calgary? I, uh, New Rangers. Rangers. When those both those teams traded up for picks 19 and 22 or something like that, there's no reason why you couldn't have moved that pick got a second rounder and a third rounder or something like that, and then made those moves and add some additional value. I think that was, I honestly, I, I, I'm blown away by that. It's funny because like people were shitting on Dubas for his pick, but you know, they're all congratulating Kekalainen for that pick. And, and I think, yeah, sorry. I, I so, yeah. I think we got to give like, I think Kekalainen gets, you know, a, a little bit of slack for that Dubois pick, right? Everyone was like, what the hell is he doing? How is Dubois ahead of Pugliarvi? And no one's doubting that pick now, right? Yeah. But actually, it's a little uh, bit different now. Yeah, I was about to mention that because a lot I've seen a lot of people mention that. And to that, I have to say, you picked a guy that was supposed to be fourth overall, third overall. <laughs> That's, what they did. That's all they did. That's all they did. Pugliarvi but- dropped one spot. Dubois raised one spot. That is not the same as taking a guy ranked 214th in the first round, yeah. 21st overall. It is not a comparable situation, in my opinion. And I feel like that's pretty logical. I think it's a fair opinion. And watch us all be wrong as well. I mean, honestly, I good. I, I'm not saying he couldn't be good. Like he clearly, he's doing well in the KHL right now. Like, All Eric like, wants is Columbus to gotten more picks yeah. than what they got. There's, got the, I value. would like to say that the one GM, I forget who said that this GM said it, and I forget which GM it was, but the GM said I would trade two through seven for a first round pick if I thought it was the right guy. Yeah, that's kind of dumb, but I agree. <laughs> Cuz you have way more chances of him. But then you find that GM and go here, here's my first rounder. <laughs> third, fourth, fifth, sixth. And seventh. <laughs> Unless yes. like top 10 or something like that. And yes. Then maybe I'm questioning it, but other than that, that's silly. Um, you you need to hit if you want to win a draft you need to hit on at least two players yes because this gm's thing was saying it's so random i think this is just a lazy excuse um he was saying the draft is so random that if you get one nhl player out of it you did well which is you're you, like, maybe you're okay running a shitty fair. shitty scouting department there buddy yes that's not, more so what it means one- if you have your first, second, third, fourth, fifth round, and sixth, seventh, everything. If you have every single pick of yours, there's no reason why you shouldn't be hitting on at least one more player from rounds two, two to seven. Yes. you got to. That's yeah, exactly. why, and that's why it's important. That's why it's smart when you have that's why, and that's when why, when you, yeah. you, you you trade down to get more more darts to throw exactly. at the board. Yes. That's exactly. why trading down makes sense, and that guy's love- philosophy is idiotic. 
<laughs> I would love someone to just do an experiment where they get a monkey to draft. Like, you just show a, a draft list to a monkey from, like, six years ago, and outside of the first round, you get that monkey to choose every single player from rounds two to seven and see if that monkey does any better than NHL scouts. That's my dream. I want someone to do that. Who is your... Uh, we where, uh, Sorry, I wanted to say... Uh, you cut out there for a second, but anyway. Um, what I wanted to say is, who's your next loser? We're, like, an hour in. Oh, shit, are we? Yeah. Oh my god, okay. Okay, we'll go quick then. Uh, Ottawa Senators, and I know Martin might not like this one, but this is kind of just my opinion, just based off of, not the fact that they aren't going to walk out of this draft like stacked with prospects, just that I didn't like two picks that they made, and I and not just I didn't like those picks, I like really aggressively did not like those picks. And those picks are Ridley Gregg and Tyler Clevin. Um, and oh, as we talked What's about earlier... Ridley Craig? He's just a very low upside, like, safe, probably going to be a third-line player kind of draft pick. And that's, I think, a pretty widely held consensus among, like, a bunch of... Yes, he likely is. But he'll make the NHL more than likely. Ah, man. He's an energy player. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, that's what he is. Yeah. Higher and they, and that's the kind of guy that you grab in the third round. You're hoping be that fourth line high energy kind of player for you. Like literally, they just they literally in his dis- the description for his game, bottomless tank of energy. If there's a scrum, he's involved. If there isn't a scrum, he creates one. He, he and got, that's and then they say he has a physical game, and that's it. That, that's basically the summary of his game. So basically in the first round, you just drafted a guy that you can get off the waiver wire. <laughs> like I, The thing is, when you have a first round pick, draft for a guy that you can't get easily. You know what I mean? Like, Why, why are you drafting guys that you know are probably going to be third, fourth line players? That's fair. Draft, That's and you're fair. in the first, even, even if you're in the top three rounds, Draft guys you think, okay, this guy has upside. This guy can be a first line, second line, or even really good third line player for, for us. But because the rest of those guys, the guys that end up on the fourth line, the guys that are like third line grind type guys, energy guys, all that, you can get those guys off of free agency for a million dollars, two million dollars. What's, what's the point? You have all these free assets. Try to hit home runs on all of them. You know what I mean? Because you get free assets from the NHL anyways in terms of waiver wire and free agency where you can get these same guys. So to me, it just doesn't make any sense. And St. Louis kind of fucked up and did the exact same thing. They drafted that neighbor's kid. Um, and everyone everyone says the exact same thing about him that I'm saying now about uh, Ridley Gregg. He's just like an energy. He's gonna, probably going to be a fourth-line player. Uh, so St. Louis went and kind of did the same thing, and I don't know why, because they have a very barren prospect pool. They should have went for high upside of Brendan Brisson or Maverick Bork or something like that. But anyways, uh, teams don't really what, like that though. Like high risk picks. But I don't think Brisson or Bork are high risk picks. They're just That's high fair. upside picks with like, like Greg might be a safer pick, but 
it's not like he's guaranteed to make the NHL because we always talk about safe picks. And if you look at every year, everyone talks about, oh, he's a safe pick. He'll make the NHL. And then these guys end up in the AHL at some point because they can't have an impact anywhere on the ice. And there's just no room for him in most organizations. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like every year at the draft, we hear, oh, this guy's going to be a player. This guy, he's energy and he's big and he's tough. And then half those guys never end up making the NHL because there's so many of them. So, yes, theoretically. I think part of what that GM was saying is correct. You're going for guys you think will make the NHL. Yeah. Whether it's. But I don't see. I don't see. High end. Yeah. I get what you're saying. Or. Yeah. I just don't see drafting, especially in the first two to three rounds, as I want to get an NHL player. I want to look. I look at it as I want to get a guy who's going to be a top four defenseman. Or a top six to top nine forward. That's what I want out of the first three rounds. Because other than that, bottom pairing defensemen, always available in free agency. Fourth line players, always available in free agency. Even if you wanted to trade for a fourth line player, just trade the third round pick or fourth round pick for that fourth line player. Because they always get traded for that. For those, Or you let like second line guys like Duclair just walk. Yeah, or you can just let Duclair walk for no reason. <laughs> the guy's probably your best, probably the best winger on that team, <laughs> or second best winger, depending on how you feel about like Connor Brown and uh, Brady Tuchuk, dude. Oh no, Brady Tuchuk. Sorry, yeah, that, that escaped me. Okay, Brady, he's your, he's one of your three best wingers. Yes. What I'm yes. Yes. <laughs> this is the correct answer. So Ottawa's a loser for me, and then they, and again with Tyler Clevins, it's not just that they drafted him. If they drafted him, I'd be like, okay, you know what? Not the greatest pick, but whatever. But they traded up. And as we talked about earlier when we were talking about the Leafs, they traded two players that were ranked better by everyone that I can't see as not having better upside than Clevins after reading and seeing everything I have seen about him over the last day. And I didn't even know who Clevins was. Like, I didn't even... I was literally just like, who the hell is that? Sanderson's (laughs) roommate. (laughs) Trying to make him happy. So, just such a bad value pick, especially when you gave the Leafs two two players now instead of just one. And two both those players are second-round talents that were better than the guy that you drafted. Awful. And then the last loser, and I think... Did we talk about this already at the beginning? But my last loser is the NHL. No, we haven't talked about that yet. Oh, okay. oh, no, we talked about that right before we started recording. Yes. Um. So again, I uh, what I'll repeat, I'll repeat. Um, the NHL is a loser. The NHL. I'm not even say if I, sure if I should say say the NHL is a loser or the NHL fans are a loser or hockey fans losers. Are are like we all losers from witnessing what just happened, or is the NHL losers because? What the hell was that? I don't, I don't know. know. It was kind of oh, cringe. Maybe we're all losers. I don't know. <laughs> At a lot of points, there, there was, was a lot, lot of cringe moments. There was a lot of cringe moments. Uh, I get it. They had a difficult time trying to arrange a virtual draft. Yes. We give you credit. We give you. We do give the NHL credit for this. Not the easiest thing to do. We get that. But um, my biggest problem yeah. was the awkward moments when, like. The first one was with Askarov. The guys they couldn't get. It's like they should have – they knew they didn't have them. And yet there was still this awkward like time before it went to Gary Bettman again. 
And he looked surprised every time that came to him so quick. And it's like, didn't you know you didn't have them? (laughs) And on top of that, I don't know why they need to have Batman announce every single pick. Yeah, that's a weird. Because it's just an additional, like, wasted amount of time where, like, nobody cares. He's sitting there like, and with the 16th pick, the Montreal Canadiens step up. Just have the Montreal Canadiens GM step Step up. up. And with the 16th overall pick, we select. Bro, how did this... Nobody cares about hearing Batman talk. I don't know why. It's just time filler. It's a waste of time. It t- and then Batman's such a slow talker, and it just takes up. It's like a minute of our time watching him try to pass it on to the GM. It's annoying. Uh, get rid of it, please. Please. <laughs> how did this? How did the draft just ended now, boys? Eight hours later. Uh, <laughs> eight hours for uh, six rounds. Seven drafting. rounds. No, no, no. Because yesterday. Yesterday was, oh, yeah. was round one. Woo! Um, How long did yesterday take? Like two hours? Three, three hours? Three hours. Because they ended wow. at like 10.30 and they started, started. They were supposed to start at 7, but they started I wish I didn't watch the whole thing. I'm mad at myself. Yeah, I watched the full thing and I was like, ugh, God. Because <laughs> the other thing like, is nothing interesting actually happened. I missed the last three picks because, or last three or four picks because I had a date. But like I was just so I was so bored of it by the end of it anyway, so I was like yeah. I didn't really care. You had a date at like ten o'clock. What 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 was open at ten o'clock, Eric? <laughs> um. Anyways, ten uh, o'clock the- on a Tuesday night. <laughs> the NHL, <laughs> um, during quarantine. The NHL- nothing's open at ten o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> conversation right now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, also quite a day. The- Draft was uh really boring. <laughs> Time's just fucking dying. <laughs> oh, okay, so it's usually wait, Martin who I make fun can, of for that. Can eh, we Eric? talk about the player interviews because the player interviews were awful. Man, they're yeah. getting ahead. They're, they're, I, they're I awkward, and they I zoned out during Dude, player interviews. The Jake Sanderson interview, especially, was the most boring, basic. I've never watched something that was the most boring thing I might have ever watched in my life. I I'm not even kidding. Okay, so my brother, my brother came back from university. It was his first night back, and I'm watching the draft. And he's not he's not a hockey fan, but he loves the he loves the NBA, and he he's watched the NFL draft and stuff like that as well. So he's watched the NBA draft. He's watched the NFL draft, and I swear to God, after that Sanderson pay, uh Sanderson interview, I looked at him. I'm like. Is the NFL and NBA this boring? Because like I've watched them a couple times, but I I've like I honestly don't even remember the last time I watched them. And he's like, dude, that was the most boring thing I've ever seen. He's like, the NFL and NBA interviews are like so much more interesting. They're actually like entertaining. You actually start to like like the player. And I was literally looking at that interview, like who watched that interview and was like, I want to go buy a Jake Sanderson jersey now. You know, what I mean? because he's a huge homer. They, Maybe they the huge homers, but yeah, they don't sell themselves. Like literally, literally, you watch some of the NBA. Um, like my brother was telling me, he's like, sometimes you watch some of the NBA interviews, like right after they get drafted, and you see like the emotion, the excitement, like the personality, and everything. And I you're mean, like, I want to go buy this guy's jersey. Even the Stutzler, like, the Stutzler one wasn't terrible. He was. Yeah, Stutzler one was good. He was. He was. He, he was so pumped. Yeah, you could just tell. Yeah, uh, and Byfield wasn't bad either. You could see he was excited and stuff. But way too many of the interviews. Lafreniere was a fucking robot. Yeah, Lafre- Like how you're the the top pick in the draft. 
the most boring. Like, imagine any other. Like, imagine the NFL. Imagine the NBA. If the first overall pick was as boring as Lafreniere was, and there's nothing against the players. It's the way the NHL wants like, their players to be. Them, yeah, <laughs> forces them into these roles of like, I, I. I can't even explain because this is a whole nother podcast episode. So I don't want to get too bogged down to this, especially since we're already an hour and five minutes in. But Thanks for sticking this to, far, boys. Shout out yeah. to Evander Kane for drawing all of our attention to Quinn Byfield being the highest drafted African-American oh, yeah. player into the NHL. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah, so that's actually really cool. And that might actually help draw in a couple more fans to the NHL, hopefully. Yeah. And, uh, but anyways, like, uh, I'd say like 80% of those interviews were awful. Yeah. And then on top of that, the draft coverage itself, was uh, awful. I'm sure some people are watching on NBC. Some people are watching on TSN. Probably I was watching no. on sports. TSN didn't have it. They had no TSN rights to it. it. No. no, but I thought they were, they were covering it. They just didn't have the actual presentations. No. Didn't they? No. Cause it, I, I've now the TSN guys like Bob McKenzie and and was Free on uh, the NBC show on. Yeah. Oh, okay. okay, my mistake. Anyways, NBC then and Sportsnet. So I wasn't watching the NBC one, but they said Sportsnet the exact... was bad. Yeah, Sportsnet was bad. And Brian Burke though. NBC, yeah, Brian Burke was hilarious. I can't. I can't. That's why I even said in the story. I'm like, I love Friedman. I love Brian Burke, but they need something new in there. And people that are watching NBC broadcast said the exact same thing. Like yeah. Brian Burke made me laugh at least like five or six times with some of the shit. But that for he was like saying. good, for but, good reasons or yeah. But it's not for it's no, no, not no. Yeah. He's some funny. Things, I love Brian Burke. Says, it's because he's actually funny, and some of the things you laugh at that he says is because he's Brian Burke, and you're like, what the hell? Are he you made talking? a really good comment. He made he, he made two talking about Marco Rossi's legs for like five minutes. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> and my brother, my brother, my brother, because okay, because we all get it. His legs are huge. Know, we get it. He has huge legs. We get it. But my brother was so weirded out. He was just like, "Why can't why can't these guys can't stop talking about this guy's legs?" I'm like, "This is the most NHL old yes. boys conversation I have yes. ever heard." They have not. They did not talk about a single thing that Marco Rossi does well. They did not no, talk about. His they skating. just talked about his legs. They didn't talk. They talked about his attitude. They didn't talk about his skating. They didn't talk about his shooting ability, playmaking ability, the way he sees the ice, all that shit. All they wanted to talk about was that he was a thick boy and <laughs> kid. And I, th- I think they also said every kid, he's a good kid, comes from a every good kid, family. Kid, every, good kid, family. every kid, every kid, hard worker. <laughs> hard worker. He's a man. At least all the Canadians, man. He's a oh. thick boy. <laughs> he's gonna he's gonna play at two twenty five. He's gonna play at six foot two wow. two twenty five. Every so single kids- player. Gonna play a two ten. He's gonna play at a very solid two ten. He's a man. Look at him. He's a good farmer's boy. He gets up. <laughs> they went gets, deep into that one milk. kid being yeah. a farmer. Kid. <laughs> it was like no. I think there was two of them. He's like there's two of them, and he's like and then he's, he's to talk about his whole schedule. He gets up at five in the morning. He goes and milks the cows, and then goes to practice, does his schoolwork, comes home. Milks the cows, goes to sleep. I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> good for him. But like, good for him. Yeah, sure. And you can do that once, but you're not. You, you do that four or five times, and with the same general platitudes over and over again about them being a man and being 
strong. Well, well Eric, you get it, they're all good kids. You're not drafting a guy in the first round who's an asshole that you don't like. Okay. We <laughs> well, well, Eric, what, what's your daily routine like then? Huh? You wake up at eight fifty-five, sign in at nine o'clock. And- <laughs> If my boss is listening, I sign in at eight thirty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but regardless, uh, I get I get it. I respect that kind of hustle because I know none of us have that. None of us would wake up at five in the morning, milk some cows. We get it. Kid works. Well, we didn't hard. grow up on a farm either. We also didn't work and grow up on a farm, but still, <laughs> respect respects and everything, and nothing against the kid. It's just it's just the coverage that I have a problem had a problem with. It was just ridiculous. And even my brother, who's who doesn't watch hockey at all, has and he was literally a couple times he would look he'd pause the NBA game that he was watching and look at me and go, "What the hell are they talking about right now?" And I'm like, "Dude, just accept it. Like this is it." And it was just awful. And it with it hard that, to like. Like they make it, they make hard, it hard to for like other players. people to like. Yeah, they make it harder for other people to like, and then they make it hard for like me to like any of these players. Like I have, like I was Jake, and Jake Sanderson sticks out to me so bad well because that was when I was most paying attention in the draft. It was the first like ten picks, and I was like, oh, I'm excited, blah blah blah. And I, I literally after that Sanderson pick, I'm like, I don't care about this draft anymore because his interview was so uh, was so boring. And it's just like how, like in the NFL and the NBA, if you listen to a player's interview after, you're like, oh God, this guy's sick. Like this guy's funny or this guy's entertaining. This guy's, you know, like whatever it is you think about the player and you're like, oh, I could go buy a jersey or I want to follow this guy. I want to know who this kid is. I don't think you had that for any single player that got drafted last night. And with that. But anyways, with that. With that, we're calling it a night here. And uh, for everyone listening, we will have a free agency episode that we will be recording Saturday, I believe. Um, Saturday morning. Saturday morning. So after all the big free agents are probably gone, we'll kind of discuss it a little bit because I think it might depend on when all the free agency stuff gets done. I don't know. I think think we most likely are recording Saturday and then we'll have that episode up, I want to say Sunday or Monday. When Alex Petrangelo is a leaf. So anyway. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Hope you guys enjoyed the draft. If anyone watched all eight hours today, major well, respect and what much wrong respect. With you. Yeah, and what's wrong with you? <laughs> and uh, and Eric, get those uh, twenty twenty one draft rankings out soon. All right, buddy. I'm expecting oh, yeah. that soon. That'll come out tonight. Definitely. All right, good. Definitely Look at the twenty twenty one. Start talking those prospects. Um, have a good night. The wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be at the game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Bet BetOnline is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts.